the church. Because I think that a lot of time, the reason why we have lost our understanding and the power in the church is because as much as it is the created thing of God, we don't have understanding in what God has established. And because of lack of understanding or lack of value, you see, if I give you a gift and you put no value in it, it is only called a gift. But the only time the gift becomes something tangible is when you put the gift to work. Yesterday, I was wearing a shirt that one of my brothers, my sons here, had made for me. And when he saw me, he said, I am so happy. You see, saying thank you was okay. But now until he saw me wearing it, it's when he realized that now you are pleased with the gift I gave you. You see, there is value. Tell your neighbor there is value in the church. Yeah. So if today is your first time here, I want to let you understand one thing. We are a people of God. We believe totally in the word of God. It is the word of God that we preach. You get me here. It is the word of God that we preach. So I will speak the truth because it is only the truth that will set you free. Hallelujah. And it's necessary that it doesn't matter if you are a believer or an unbeliever. You ought to understand what it means to be part of the church. The reason why we have lost sight of this is because, you see, a lot of times if there is an overtime, it will be overtime that you, I've said this before, right? Oh, say amen to that. Amen. Say, Pastor, you said it before. And a lot of times, look at the overtime business that we do at work. When it comes to Sundays, that is where we want double overtime. It's not just overtime. You work and you stay in again. Because it's a weekend. So if you're able to stay double, then you get double, double of what you were supposed to receive. I wish I had a witness here. Maybe you guys are too holy and I need to preach to this church here. Because there is something that has caused us to, to forsake the body of the church. It is also likewise, if there is anything that I've also said this again, say that he has said it again here before. When we are talking about receiving an, an, a responsibility, it is only in the church that people have a problem accepting responsibilities. They have to go pray about it. But when you are at work and your supervisor tells you, I want to give you a different responsibility, you start to jump up. Because you, 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 you are expecting there to be a race. So it means that even those who are in the church, we have lost sight of the value in the church. Say, so God have mercy. Let's take the scriptures to Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 to 19. Now I want to read briefly so I can go through the word so we can leave here in, 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 in God's grace. And, um, you know, our time, we are going to go above our time. Say amen to Jesus. Oh, you didn't say amen to Jesus. Amen. We are definitely going to go above 12 o'clock. Hallelujah. I like honesty, you know. When you tell people the truth, it helps you. Because today we have to do something special for our brother and our sister. So sit in small. Amen. Let's help them celebrate, yeah? And after I preach, we are going to celebrate. Amen. I want to read this scripture really briefly. Jesus Christ was asking the disciples, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? 
And the word of the Lord says in verses 16, uh, Jesus, Simon Peter answered, uh, he says that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Hear me, the son of the living God. Verses 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I told you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hills will not overcome it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in what? Heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be lose where? In heaven. Hallelujah. This was such a very profound statement. Jesus began first asking the disciples, who do people say I am? They have walked with Jesus, but they have lost sight of something. So the question came, who do you say I am? And then Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And, 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 and God, the Father said, Jesus Christ said, this thing was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. It means that for this result, there had to be a bypass where your understanding, your intellect cannot comprehend. But to know who I am needed to come only through the Father. The Father did not even wait for the Son to respond. The Father did not wait for the Holy Ghost to respond. But the Father himself had to reveal to Peter that this is my Son. This is my Son. And you would think that at the end of this very revelation, that would have concluded the message. But Jesus went further and said that on this, I will build my church. On this revelation, on this understanding, I will build my church. I want you to circle that if that's your Bible. If that's not your Bible, say, Lord, forgive me. If you don't have a Bible, just say, God, forgive me. Huh? It's not going to hurt you when God forgives you. Amen. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. The truth that we see in this very particular scripture is one, that Jesus Christ is a builder. He said, I will build. Not the church. Did you hear me? Not the church. But my church. Means that it is a personal thing that belongs to him. Nobody else can have hold over this. The church does not belong to any man. Neither does the church belong to the senior pastor. It belongs to my church. And the my church is Jesus Christ. The one who is the builder. Now when he went further, he reveals a very interesting thing. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not what prevail. You see, every builder has the master plan. Every builder has the master plan. If you've ever built something before, nobody else has the master plan except you. It is you that know exactly how it ought to look like and how it is meant to look like when it's done completed. 
Likewise, in the mix of being a builder, they are also builders. As much as you have someone who designed this building, you need builders. Either a carpenter, either someone who will bring the cement, either someone who will repair the plumbing or the electricals, they are all called builders. So in the house of God, they are also what? Builders. Tell your neighbor they are builders. But Jesus Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He will build his church. Means that the church is the solution maker on the earth that we live on. You didn't get me here. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It means that outside of the church, the gates of hell can have its room. But when Jesus Christ came, he did not only just come to die for you and I, but he came to build his church. Because it is the church that takes authority, that takes victory in everything concerning this world. You see, when the church of the people of God come to the place to understand who we are as a church, that it does not matter what coronavirus will say. It does not matter what the sick will say. It does not matter what someone may be going through. Because in the church, in the church, God is the builder. Jesus Christ is the builder. And he said the gates of hells mean that everything that the gates of hells breaks in, sickness, affliction, oppression will not stand when it comes to the body of the church. You are not getting me here. So you are part of the church. And the church here is not subject to be a victim. But victorious in everything that it does. God did not say the gates of hell will overcome one or two things. The gates of hell will never prevail. Means that the church is never a victim. The church is a glorious and victorious place. The body, I'm speaking about you. Tell your neighbor, I'm speaking about you. You who is part of the church, you are called to be victorious because you are a builder of the church. And because you are a builder of the church, you are not subject to victim. When I speak about subject to victim, it is those who do not know, a sol- who do not have a solution or do not have a place of, this, of, of recovery. But when it comes to the church, we have a redeemer. When it comes to the church, we have a savior. When it comes to the church, we have a healer. When it comes to the church, we have a provider. When it comes to the church, we have a protector. I wish I had a church here. When it comes to the church, we have a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what my mind can comprehend, what I can even imagine. When it comes to the church so brother Andre and sister Jenny I came to tell you because you are part of the church you are not subject to be a victim but you are victorious tell your wife and tell your husband you are victorious and it says that the, the word church 
In its original context, it's actually called Ecclesia, meaning called out. People called out. What am I talking about? You are called out of the builder himself. I will build my church, and the gate of hills shall not prevail. But please, can I continue? Tell your neighbor, can he continue? Then he went forth and said, hear me, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Automatically, the moment you become part of the church, meaning believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you now become a builder. Oh, you, are, you see, some of you, your Christian life, you, you, you like it, huh? Oh, my God. You see, I, what I understand is that when the Bible says that the gates of hell will never prevail, it means that this world, we are always going to be at contention against the gates of hills. But what I also know is that he has given me keys. Say to your neighbor, he has given you keys. And not just any ordinary keys, but the keys of the kingdom of God. And he says that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You are carrying the keys to unlock and the keys to lock. So when the people of God come to understand the authority they carry, then they will understand that they, it, the, 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 the earth is dependent on you and I. Yeah, yeah. The world is depending on you and I. Can I be real? Stop eating and wait upon the Lord's small. Because the world is depending on you and I. You are a solution maker. It is going to be through you that things will change. The children, our young ones that are killing themselves and dying. It is because you and I have not come into agreement because what we bind shall be bound in heaven. What we lose shall be losing in heaven. It is our desire and our prayer that we understand our place in the church. Tell your neighbor your place in the church. Hallelujah. I want to speak briefly so I can end about why this church is so important. When I say why this church, I'm not only speaking about, because I know there are visitors here. Maybe you have other churches go to. This is not only just shepherd's house. But whatever church that belongs to Christ Jesus, the church that belongs to Christ, I'm not just talking about any church, the church that belongs to Christ. Uh-huh. Why that church was mentioned here? He says, I will build my church. I want you to take your scriptures first to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. If you are there, say amen unto Jesus. The first thing I want to say is that the church is the divine agent of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 to 23, I'll read quickly. The Bible says that, and God placed all things under his feet. He's speaking about Jesus Christ here. And appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Hallelujah. 
Other, other translation says that all things were put under his feet for the benefit of the church. What am I saying here? What I'm saying here is this. If the head is victorious, then the body is also victorious. Ephesians 1 verses 22-23. Jesus Christ is the head. And the church, the garden of all of us, we are the body. Have you ever seen the head going a different way from the body? You say there is a problem. You start rebuking the witchcrafts. Because this thing is not true. But those who are in the world of the medical world knows that there is also something that is very interesting. That it doesn't matter how good your heart is. It doesn't matter how good your organs are. It doesn't matter how good everything in your body is. If the head is declared dead, your body does not function any longer. Those people are called brain dead. And when you are brain dead, there is two options. Either we leave you to your body dies, or you give up your organs to somebody to use to be a blessing. Are you getting me here? The only time that anybody can do such a work on your body is when your brain is declared brain dead. You didn't get me here. But I'm speaking about a head that went to the grave and did not remain in the grave. But on the third day, the head resurrected and the head remains alive. So we can say Jesus Christ yesterday, Jesus Christ today and forever. As long as the head is alive, my body is alive. As long as the head is alive. So Jenny and Andre, I came to announce to you, as long as Jesus is alive, this marriage will be alive. I wish I had an amen here. I don't know what you may be going through, but as long as the head is alive, the body is alive. But we are acting as if church is not real. We come and we are ready to leave. My God. In the church. Divine agent. The church is the divine agent of Christ. Where he moves his power and his might. Now go to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 17 to 22. Help me out so I can finish quickly. Huh? If I don't finish, you, you, you'll get it next time when I come back. Tell your neighbor, I will get it next time. Yeah. The second point I want to make, why the church? Because it is the divine fellowship expressing the holiness of God. I want to read Ephesians 2, verse 17. It says this. He came and preached peace to you who were far, af- far away. And peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access. Tell your neighbor, access. To the Father. By one spirit. I want you to read that when you, fin- when you get home, man. We finish reading that scripture. But we have access. So God can say in his word, because I am holy, be holy. What God is saying here, through the church, you have access. To everything that the Father is. So as the Father is righteous, you are righteous. As the Father is holy, you are holy. 
So don't tell me that you cannot do it. Don't tell me that it is too much for you to handle. Don't tell me that you cannot persevere. Don't tell me you cannot endure. Even though, no matter how difficult it may be, Andre and Jenny, remember that you have access. You have access. If you're married here, you have access. Don't give up on your marriage. Let God have his way. The third thing is that the church is the embodiment of divine revelation of God. Ephesians 3, verses 8 to 10. If you want to say amen. Let me read it quickly. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this Apostle Paul speaking, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boldness of riches of Christ and to make plainly to everyone the administration of his mystery say mystery which is for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things his intent hear this verse 10 if you are paying attention and writing notes it will help you so much his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be what? Made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly realm according to his eternal power that has accomplished in Christ, Jesus our Lord. Say amen. Amen. Fourthly, it is also the divine, and the reason why I wanted to read that, because it is in the church. When you come to church every Sunday, you receive the mysteries and understanding of who God is. It is that that you carry with. The more you come to know who God is, the more you have something to go with. Because that is your new nature. That is the new life. So if you know God only as a healer, and only thing that you know is God as the healer, then when you need a provider, you don't recognize that God also is a provider. But every time you come to the house of God and you receive the mysteries of God, every time you come to the house of God and you receive understanding of who God is, you come to the very place that you walk with him in the fullness of who he is. Say amen unto Jesus. My last two points. Hmm. Fourth. We are the bride, and he is the bridegroom. Ephesians 4, verses 5 to 25. Husband, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To be a holy, to make her holy, Cleansing by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Andre, husband love your wife as Christ loved. What the church does is that the church becomes the blueprint for us to follow. How Jesus Christ loved the church. When Jesus Christ came and died for us, 
and resurrected. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just only about our salvation. But for us to be planted into the church. What am I saying here? When you are planted into the church, you start to reveal and see the mysteries of who he is in your nature. What you don't know is the depth of love. How deep this love is. And he showed you how deep this love is through the evidence of the church. What he's saying to you today, my brother, that there is no other way to love your wife except the way his son loved his church. That he gave himself up. What am I saying to you? And what am I saying to my brothers and sisters sitting here? That when it comes to the love that Jesus Christ manifested to you and I, it was because of that love. He did not give up on Calvary. You didn't get me here. He did not give up on Calvary. Because he knows that you and I need to find ourselves in a place called the church. And it is that place that we have the security of our, the assurance of our victory. So in the mix of all things, he went through everything that you and I can become victorious in what he has created. Love your wife with everything that is within you. And for you, my dear sister, you yourself to be a holy bride. A bride that your husband presents to himself as a radiant bride, a bride of favor, a bride of goodness. That means that whatever comes out of your mouth needs to be holy. Hey, maybe I'm not preaching to somebody here. Whatever you do needs to reflect what God is working through you. You didn't get me here, wise. Maybe you are thinking that the responsibility is just the man. But the, the wife is supposed to be brought forth presented in a way that is holy and beautiful. So it means that everything about you, everything that comes out of you, should bring honor to the family and the husband. You didn't say amen unto Jesus. The last point, because I'm not going to finish it, so I want to just give you these points and I'm going to end. Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 16. The church carries divine mandate for a perfect man. Say a perfect man. I read. It says, But each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says that when he ascended on high, he took many captive and gave gifts to his people. What does the he ascend means except that he also descends to the lower earthly regions. He also descends into the very low who ascend higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now here verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostle. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophet, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Tell your neighbor mature. Attaining to the full whole, the, full, the whole measure of the fullness of God. Verses 17, 14. Then you will no longer be infant, tossed for back and forth by the waves, or blown here and there by every wind of teaching, or by the cunning and the craftiness of people in the deceitfulness scheming. Instead, speaking truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. For him, the whole body joins together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. The church is planted on love. The church is driven by love. And so the marriage is driven by love. The love of Jesus is the greatest grace and blessings that a man can receive. Because this love never fails. The Bible says, what can come against you? What can separate me from the love of the Lord? Many of us, we want love from others. But that love is temporary. But I came to announce to you that it is only in the love of the Lord that will sustain you. It is only in the love of the Lord that will not fail you. It is only in the love of the Lord that will not disappoint you. Why the church? Because it is in the church that love is made real. Tell somebody love is made real. And likewise, you represent the church, Brother Andre and Sister Jenny. But for the sake of time, I want to end with what the last portion said in verse 16. From, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in him. The church does not function outside of God or outside of Christ, but has to be functioned in Christ. But lastly, he said, as each one does its work. For the sake of time, I'm ending here. The reason why we have not seen the effectiveness of the church of God is because we have failed in these two conditions. Love and doing our part. Is the love of God value enough that you can let go when somebody does something wrong against you? Can you love God enough that you can say, God, I don't want to leave your presence until you bless me? Can the love of God mean so much to you that you can be patient and not speak quickly? That the love of God doesn't work within your heart. That even in the midst of all things, you can say, not by my will, but by his will be done. But the love also is what I work through. He says that the wish everyone does his part. The pastor can do his part. 
elders can do their parts. But everyone in the body has to do their part. You have to do your part. Since you have been born again, what part have you played in the church? Going to church every Sunday is not playing a part. It's only just to tell a story. But God did not bring his son Jesus Christ to tell a story. He came to change life. And the church is the source of changing lives. Going out there, preaching, doing good to others. What part have you been playing? What part do we play in God? Keep in mind that everything that we do is never outside of God. It's always in God. So when the arm says, I can't work, the arm is saying, God is not powerful enough. Maybe I'm not preaching to this church. When the leg says, the leg in the church says, I am not walking. I'm too tired to walk. The church is, the leg is saying to God, ah, you are not enough. You're not sufficient enough. But I remember that Apostle Paul said, can this come away from me? And he said that your, my grace is sufficient. My brothers and sisters, I'll leave you with this. Let love work in you. Love the Lord with all your heart, with everything that is within you. Love, oh, tell your husband and your wife, they love me. As Christ loves you. Uh-huh. If you don't have a husband or wife, your neighbor say, neighbor, please love me a little bit. As Jesus loves me. And as Jesus loves you. Please rise on your feet. And just thank the Lord for his word. Ask him to just give you...